Breaking news out of South Austin with drivers seeing a massive plume of smoke billowing on their commute home. The Inferno firefighters are battling this evening. Another fire continues to burn in the panhandle, scorching hundreds of thousands of acres with no sign of stopping. We're live from the scene with the very latest. And it's a much colder, windy day today. I'll show you when rain becomes more numerous in first warning weather. Well, the Texas Panhandle is being scorched today by one of the largest wildfires on record. The Smokehouse Creek wildfire has already consumed more than 800,000 acres. The Texas A&M Forest Service says the fire is only 3% contained. Many residents who were forced to evacuate the area are returning, with some finding there is little left where their homes once stood. The largest fire is burning about 60 miles northeast of Amarillo, but there are several others actively burning across the Panhandle. KXN's Monica Madden joins us live from the town of Canadian, which at one point was cut off by the fire. Monica, what are you seeing out there today? Hey there, Daniel. Well, it's really just a bleak situation out here in Canadian. This street that we have been along all day talking to neighbors. I mean, several many homes on this street are just burnt to a crisp. Nothing left like the home behind me. We talked to the owner here. She says she and her children were able to evacuate. They got their horses. They are all safe, but Everything that they owned is now gone. They're just, of course, thankful be, to be alive. So it really is just a devastating situation here for these neighbors. We also spoke to a man across the street who, right before evacuating, happened to decide to turn his sprinklers on. He has his own water well in the back, and leaving that on is what saved his home. Next door, his neighbors, a family of seven, lost everything. Their house just burned to the ground. So it is just a really sad situation over here as families are coming back to their homes. Many of them burned down and then inexplicably you see the inferno's path not destroying other homes it's just really sad over here monica you know we've seen images out of the area where homes once stood they're barely there burned down have you heard any reports of people being injured in the fire Brent, so far we've heard unconfirmed from a nonprofit. They told us that three firefighters were injured while fighting these wildfires and are in a hospital in Lubbock. We haven't gotten that confirmed by officials yet, but um, the officials that we have spoken to, as well as our affiliate station here in Amarillo, said that they have not heard of any deaths or any injuries, which of course is really, really great news. It means people heard these wildfire warnings. They evacuated their homes quickly. But one of the problems here in Canadian was there the flames and the the fire was just so massive last night that a lot of people left their homes and didn't have anywhere to go. They had officials telling them, actually, you can't leave. There were road closures. So um, it was a really stressful situation for a lot of the families. But so far, we haven't heard other than those three firefighters of any injuries and deaths, thankfully, Britt. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Monica, for the very latest there. And we do want to go in depth for folks. The Smokehouse Creek fire burning in the Panhandle is the second largest wildfire recorded in state's history. Now, the largest fire burned in the same area back in 2006. It left 12 people dead and burned over 900,000 acres. With the current Smokehouse Creek fire taking the number two spot, the third largest fire recorded in Texas took place in 1988. The Big Country fire burned 366,000 acres across five counties. Now, to to put this all in perspective for us to understand, the entire Austin city limits takes up about 174,000 acres. Well, now to that breaking news here at home. The Austin Fire Department is fighting an intense fire in South Austin with firefighters battling the inferno engulfing a building.
Video viewer Mike Kingert sent reported at KXAN.com and check this out. It shows massive flames tearing away at this building and big dark plumes of smoke coming out from the top of that building. AFD crews responded to the three-story building near Old Torf and Woodward Street and they say there is a structural collapse happening on the second floor. So joining us live from the scene is Nabil Ramadna. And Nabil, we have received several pictures and obviously pieces of video from viewers showing that thick smoke from the fire. What are you seeing at this hour? That's right, we're seeing a lot less smoke now, but about 2.15 we were driving by. You can see this large plume of black smoke over the Casulo Hotel right here behind me. Now, we did just speak with firefighters. They don't have a lot of information about how this fire started, but they do tell us that there was another building to the left, kind of in the area underneath where firefighters are spraying water on the hotel right now. They said that building was under construction, getting some renovations done, and that building is now gone. Now, you can see firefighters, they are still spraying water on the Casulo Hotel right now, and that's because there are still some hot spots we've seen for the past few hours some flames continuing to flare up. We've also seen a number of firefighters going in and around this building. Also of note, right next door, Grace Wood Apartments. Fire crews, they were in that area monitoring the situation because there were heavy winds pushing some of the embers from the flames onto that apartment complex. They were able to get those fires under control, they said. But we did talk to some people living in those apartments. Listen to what they had to say. I just went over there to, to see what was going on, to see if anybody needed help. Uh, luckily, the fire trucks were already there. Half the place was on fire. Yeah, there's a building next door to the Casella that was on fire. Now again, we've seen a number of people leaving that apartment complex, but we've also seen some of the people staying in the hotel come back to this area, kind of watching things. We were told by firefighters there were no injuries at this time to people staying inside. Also, no injuries to firefighters as well. But again, these windy conditions are not helping the situation. You can see they're going to continue to make sure these this fire doesn't spread. But as you can see, this building looks to be pretty bad. Reporting live, Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. All right, Nabil, thank you very much. And about those windy conditions, David joins us now. Good evening, guys. We've seen wind gusts in that part of town over 40 miles an hour as the wind advisory was in effect earlier today. Winds statewide dying down now up in the panhandle. That's good news for firefighting efforts up where Monica Madden was near Amarillo. But some of those strongest wind gusts still blowing from Austin southward down toward Corpus and the valley. Cooler air is rushing in area wide. This is actually increasing the humidity up in the panhandle, which is good news in limiting the fire spread. But look how different it is today. 54 in Austin. No more 80s for the next couple days. It's actually 50 with dark skies up in Georgetown on the Ewald Kubota weather camp. Even better news for fire risk. We have a little bit of rain falling where we need it most. Not expecting this in the Austin area this evening, but a few very light sprinkles. A lot of this is evaporating before it hits the ground. Just adding up to a couple hundredths of an inch so far today in Mason and San Saba counties. Coming up in your forecast, even chillier weather with a higher chance of rain tomorrow. I'll take you hour by hour, then show you a huge weekend warm-up. Great. <laughs>
David, thanks very much. Five people are facing charges in connection to a series of armed robberies in Hayes County. Police say the crew hit up various convenience stores in the area. Now, these suspects were identified as Rudy Romero, Brandon Vasquez, Martin Garcia Jr., and Josh Garza. Additional charges have also been levied against a 17-year-old in connection with the robberies. Police arrested them between late December and mid-February. The U.S. Supreme Court today heard a case on bump stocks, the gun accessory used in the 2017 Las Vegas mass shooting the deadliest in modern U.S. history. An Austin gun shop, gun shop owner is arguing the Trump administration didn't follow federal law when it banned bump stocks. The Biden administration is defending the ban. Washington correspondent Jesse Tenor reports. The country's highest court debated Wednesday whether a bump stock device turns a semi-automatic weapon into a machine gun. It has okay. a very high rate of fire, but it's not automatic. Right. That's why the attorney for a Texas gun shop owner said he wants the justices to overturn a ban on the gun accessory. President Donald Trump's administration banned bump stocks in response to the 2017 mass shooting in Las Vegas that killed 60 people and wounded hundreds. I can certainly understand why these items should be made illegal. But Justice Neil Gorsuch questioned the ban's fairness. Gorsuch worries gun owners don't know they could face criminal charges for still possessing bump stocks. Because people will sit down and read the federal register. These That's devices. what they do in their evening for fun. Crack it open next to the fire and the dog. The attorney for the Justice Department shot down those concerns and defended the ban on bump stocks. Those weapons are machine guns. This case, though, is not about Second Amendment gun rights, but whether a federal agency overstepped its authority in imposing the ban. At some point, mm -hmm. you have to apply a little bit of common sense. Justice Elena Kagan hinted the law allowed the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives to do this. But Mitchell argued government agencies don't have this power. That's ultimately a decision for Congress to make. The justice's decision in this case is expected by early summer. In Washington, I'm Jesse Tenor. And updating you now on that NBC News special report in our 4 p.m. hour, the U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to decide whether former President Trump can claim presidential immunity over criminal election interference charges. In a brief, the high court said it would hear arguments and issue a ruling on the immunity claim. In the meantime, the special counsel's case on the matter is on hold, and Trump's upcoming January 6th trial is also on hold. The implications of this coming up on NBC Nightly News. From home building to light rail and a revamped I-35, there is so much construction around town. The new academy in the works making sure Austin has enough workers to build it all. Plus, parents with high school seniors, the paperwork your kids need to fill out now if they want help paying for college. And we are just over a month away from a total solar eclipse, how the city is preparing and what you need to know ahead of the rare phenomena. Well, dozens of employees at Expedia's North Austin office are being laid off. That is according to a Texas Workforce Commission warn notice, and that notice says 64 Austin employees are being let go. In a statement, a company spokesperson said it will be reviewing operations this year, which could impact 1,500 jobs across the world. In that statement, the spokesperson went on to say, quote, while this review will result in the elimination of some roles, it also allows the company to invest in core strategic areas for growth. And going in depth on this, a December report 
report from the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas revealed Austin had an unusually high number of mass layoffs in 2023 compared to previous years. According to that report, more than 3,000 layoff warnings were issued in Austin between January and October of last year. That made up about 20% of layoffs statewide. The notices require employers to alert state officials when mass layoffs or facility closures are planned. The capital area previously made up just under 6% of state layoffs before the pandemic. Well, we've had some light rain out in the hill country, but nothing measurable yet in Austin. I think that will change, though, for many of us tomorrow. Don't miss your first warning forecast with jacket weather, then springtime returning after this. Well, it is no secret that Austin is booming with construction. At nearly every turn, you see cranes in the sky, you see hard hats on heads, and hear the sounds of crews at work. This could be the new state bird, couldn't it? <laughs> Mayor Kirk Watson says there are billions of dollars worth of infrastructure projects, but not enough workers to build them. So as KXN's Sarah Alshea explains, Watson and other stakeholders hope to change that through a new infrastructure academy. From Project Connect, to the I-35 expansion. Austin, Texas uh, is at, at a moment, uh, and it's a moment that we ought to see. Austin Mayor Kirk Watson says there are $25 billion worth of infrastructure projects in the city, requiring thousands of more people to build them. Which means we need to increase our, our training and upskill folks by about 4,000 people a year. That demand inspired the mayor to propose the Austin Infrastructure Academy, a place to create a local pipeline of workers for major construction and transportation projects in the area. Build the human infrastructure that will be behind the physical infrastructure. Watson says the goal is to create a physical location for the academy to offer training, childcare, and match people with jobs. The nonprofit SkillPoint Alliance says there's a high demand for this kind of resource. We currently have um, a pretty extensive wait list for our skilled trades programs. It's gonna allow us to scale and train even more individuals. Ultimately, Workforce Solutions Capital Area says this is meant to help people access better paying jobs and create lasting careers in this field. It's really at its core about how Austin can address affordability. We want to help workers have the skills that are in demand so they can support themselves and their families. It's more than just building a tarmac. We can talk about building families as we build infrastructure. Sarah Alshah, KXAN News. City Council will take this proposal up next Thursday. The mayor says the resolution directs the city manager to begin the process of creating a more concrete plan. Now, Watson says one of the ways this project would be funded is through the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which specifically looks at workforce development. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, a much colder day than the past, what, week and a half of 70s and 80s. Temperatures have dropped by 25, even 37 degrees out in Mason County compared to 24 hours ago. This means it's in the 40s and 50s instead of the 80s. 50 right now under gray skies at the Whittlesea Landscape Supply Cam in Granite Shoals. We've got some 40s west of there, even lower 40s in San Saba and Mason. Back in Austin, a little more reasonable and a little more February-like than recent days. 54 in Austin and mid-50s in San Marcos. This cold air is actually welcome as we continue to climb the leaderboard for one of the warmest Februaries in Austin history. Just in the past 24 hours, we've climbed from 7th to 4th place for one of the warmest Februaries on record. We'll see where we end up after chilly weather today and on the final day of the month, this leap year tomorrow. 
We've got a little band of light rain kind of enhancing just west of our area and clipping the northern hill country. This is actually just the beginning of a better chance of rain and chillier weather tomorrow on the water vapor satellite, kind of an x-ray into the atmosphere. You can see this big swirl. That's a storm system about to bring some snow actually to the wildfire zones in the Texas Panhandle. Back here at home, it could bring some rain now for more of us than we originally thought. So here we are tonight with a few sprinkles out west, cloudy skies elsewhere. Notice really the only light rain we're expecting is well west of Highway 281. Overnight, largely the same. Hey, we need these sprinkles out in the hill country, so this is great news. Tomorrow morning, it's a mainly dry and cold start, but look what happens midday. As the storm system gets closer, the atmosphere has more lift, which starts to build up the clouds and uh, develop a few showers, maybe even a downpour if we're lucky. These will be near the Austin area from 11 a.m. until the early afternoon. After that time, rain most numerous in our eastern counties, and it'll slowly taper off area-wide late tomorrow evening. Just some fog and low clouds left over on Friday before the warm spring sunshine comes back for the weekend. In the meantime, we do expect more of us to get some rain tomorrow especially, but still really meager rainfall amounts under a quarter of an inch. And unfortunately, there will be some of us who still don't get much at all. High temperatures, though, look at this yo-yo continuing. It was warm that past couple of days, colder tomorrow at 53, but then temperatures jumped by 20, 30 degrees for your weekend plans back in the 80s, just like last weekend. So tonight, north winds settled down, but it's still breezy, chilly at 44 with some isolated showers, mainly in the hill country. Tomorrow, about 5 degrees colder than today, 53 with some scattered showers. The cold weather does not stick around. It's chilly again early Friday, but let the warm-up begin. Sunshine has us back at the pool, 83 on Saturday. March starting off a little warm with a few scattered showers early next week. All right, David, thank you very much. The much talked about total solar eclipse is creeping closer and Austin is preparing. The city released a memo earlier today highlighting some of the changes it's making or asking you to make ahead of the eclipse on April 8th. The city says that the parks will operate as normal during the eclipse, but they are asking residents to view the eclipse at home instead of the park. The memo also states the city's parks departments as well as some library branches will be giving out some eclipse glasses closer to the viewing. And in order to keep emergency response times low, Austin Fire, Police, and EMS plan to have increased staffing. Texas high school seniors, it is your time. You need to fill out their new financial aid form as soon as possible because doing so increases the odds of getting more money for college. The revamped FAFSA is the biggest update the form has seen in decades, and it is meant to speed up the application process and make paying for college accessible to even more families. It's been a rocky road for the financial aid form this academic year, with it coming out three months late and only being accessible for certain periods of time. Now that form is available to access all day every day. Keep in mind the deadline for financial aid is April 15th, so be sure to get it filled out as soon as you can because many colleges award financial aid packages on a first come first serve basis. Well, in case you hadn't heard, it is a sad day here at KXAN. Today is Chief Meteorologist David Yeoman's last day at the helm of our first warning weather team. I don't think any of us can really believe it. I know. I, I'm not sure it's sank in yet for me. I know, I know, and it's happening. Today, though, is a really special day in a way. It's also officially <laughs> David Yeoman's day here in Austin, as declared by Mayor Kirk Watson. You yeah, laugh. Right. This is a thing. David spent an entire <laughs> summer here remember. during college. Here's some driving. video of him. Oh, right. He was a weather <laughs> Intern. Look at this stud. I was 19, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he returned for a 12-year career keeping the Central Texas community safe during severe weather. 
He's had a storied career at KXAN from being on the ground in Rockport during Hurricane Harvey in 2017 to keeping us safe during the 2022 tornado outbreak in Central Texas. And I can just tell you as a colleague, David is incredibly professional and as a person, he is just one of the nicest people <laughs> that you'll ever meet. And I truly feel that we are so fortunate yeah. to have been able to work with you. Thank you, Britt. I will I second all of that. David, what would you say has been your biggest highlight since working here at KXN? You touched on some of those. I mean, the hurricanes that I've gotten the chance to cover, absolutely incredible. But, you know, we live in a place where it's not 70 and sunny every day. Right. We live in a place where the weather is dangerous. The weather kills people here every year. Mm -hmm. Flash flooding, lightning, hurricanes, tornadoes. Uh, so to be able to cover the numerous weather events that the viewers have trusted me with and the team with, uh, it means everything. The weather is is something that's so important here, mm -hmm. and I feel like the rapport that I've gained with the viewers and all the all the comments I'm reading, which I appreciate so much, mm -hmm. uh, it's something that I'll never forget. I gotta tell you, reading some of those comments, it's it's making me choke up. I mean, they're telling you, thank you for for steering us in the right direction well, during these hard times. Too often, you know, it's just us and the camera in here. Right. So right. I don't always see who's on the other side. So <laughs> to hear the story of the, the elderly woman who lives by herself yeah. and I'm keeping her company every night, yeah. these things, they, they make me cry. So don't yeah. get me started. <laughs> Thank you guys all so much though. We're gonna miss you so much, David, and we wish you nothing but the best. Good luck to you and your wife, Izzy. We know that you're <laughs> on an adventure and it's gonna be so exciting. Thank you so much. All more right. at six. Yeah, still got a couple more newscasts. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs>